Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel and back to the encyclopedia of fairies, the fae. We're now on L. La Belle Dame Sans Merci, a poem by John Keats, written in 1819. It was then revised in 1820. The poem describes the more dangerous sort of Lianon Sihi, a fairy lover who seduces a human knight, then leaves him to pine away for want of her. Oh, what can ail thee, knight at arms, alone and palely loitering? The sedge has withered from the lake, and no birds sing. Oh, what can ail thee, knight at arms, so haggard and so woebegone? The squirrel's granary is full, and the harvest done. I see a lily on thy brow, with anguish moist and fever dew, and on thy cheeks a fading rose, fast withering too. I met a lady in the meads, full, beautiful, a fairy's child. Her hair was long, and her foot was light, and her eyes were wild. I made a garland for her head, and bracelets too, and fragrant zone. She looked at me as she did love, and made sweet moan. I set her on my pacing steed, and nothing else so all day long. For long would she bend and sing a fairy's song. She found me roots of relish sweet, and honey wild, and manna doom. And, sure in language strange, she said, I love thee true. She took me to her elfin grot, and there she wept, sighed full sore. And there I shut her wild, wide eyes with kisses full. And there she lulled me asleep, and there I dreamed, how woe betide. The latest dream I ever dreamt, on the cold hillside. I saw pale kings and princes too, pale warriors, death pale were they all. They cried, La Belle Dame sans merci, thee hath in thrall. I saw their starred lips in the gloom, with horrid warning gaped wide, and I woke and found me here on the cold hill's side. And this is why I sojourn here, alone and palely loitering, Though the sedge is withered from the lake, and no birds sing. Then we go on to Lady Isabel and the Elf Knight. And this is a ballad about the consequences when a woman wishes for an elven lover. Fair Lady Isabel sits in her bower sewing. Yes, as the daisies grow gay. There she heard me Elf Knight blowing his horn the first morning in May. If I had yonder born that I hear blowing, and yonder elf knight to sleep in my bosom, this maiden had scarce of these words spoken, till in at her window the elf knight has leapt. It's a very strange matter, fair maiden, said he. I cannot blow my horn, but you call on me. But will you go to yonder greenwood's edge? If you cannot go, I will cause you to ride. He leapt on a horse, and she leapt on another. And they rode on to the greenwood together. Light down, light down, Lady Isabel, said he. We are come to the place where you are to die. Have mercy, have mercy, kind sir, on me. To once, my dear father, 
a mother I see. Seven knights' daughter here have I slain, and you shall be the eighth of them. Oh, sit down a while, lay your head on my knee, that we may have some rest before that I die. She stroked him so fast, the nearer he did creep, with a small charm she lulled him fast asleep. With his own sword belt so fast she bound him, with his own dagger so grievously she struck him. If seven kings' daughter here you have slain, lie you here, a husband to them all. The end. Very interesting indeed. I like those uh, kinds of poems. Uh, very different and sometimes when you first read them, especially if you're not used to poems like that, you may have difficulty understanding what they mean. But if you've been read poems like this since you were a child... You do have a better understanding of them. I think that's why I like them, because they've always been read to me, you know, and it's something that I've grown up with. So thank you for listening to this episode of The Fae. Please hit the like, share if you can, and consider subscribing. Many blessings. Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel. I'm the Fae. Now we are actually on the Lianan Sihi. The Lianan Sihi appears across several different Celtic language speaking cultures. Each culture having a slight variation. The name in language translates to fairy lover. And there are two similar but different kinds of being to whom the name is applied in folklore. The first is the more straightforward use of the term, where it simply refers to any fairy being who takes a human lover. The second seems to be a more distinct kind of fairy in its own right that preys on humans. Both kinds of Leonansihi can be dangerous to humans in their own ways. However, so be careful. The more well-known Leonansi was popularised by the writing of W.B. Yeats and stories of that being can be found across folklore of the 19th and 20th century. The name may be anglicised to its more phonic form of Lianan Shi and can be found under various spellings reflecting that. According to Yeats, this fairy spirit would seduce humans especially poets or artists, and inspire their creativity while feeding on their life force. The only way to escape the predator Lianansihi was to find another person for her to attach herself to, otherwise you would be bound to her even after death. Yeet said that in 1888. Although a person who had such a Lianansihi would reach great artistic heights and produce amazing works, their life would be short and end abruptly, as the fairy would drain them to death while they were still young. Allegedly, anyone who was able to resist the seduction of this fairy would find her bound to him instead. In the Isle of Man, this fairy is actually called Leana She and haunts the areas around springs and wells, where she would live unseen except by the man she lured into her affections who she would feed on until his death. Stories of these predatory Lianansihi 
focus on the exceptional and beautiful fairy woman who seduces a mortal man, once she has him under her sway, drains his life. In the Irish folklore, the man is willing to do this for the inspiration he gets in return, while in the Manx law, the only thing the man gets is the Leanne and She's company. Neither of these beings are literally vampiric, although they do appear to feed on human life energy. But we do find something closer to a true vampire in the Scottish Bervansi, which has some similarities to the Lianansihi. The second type of Lianansihi is straightforward. It's a fairy who chooses a human lover, but is left often discussed, particularly in modern folklore. Campbell in the Gaelic Otherworld describes this type of Lianansihi as a type of familiar spirit and relates it directly to the tradition. Although less popular in modern tales, this type of fairy lover is not uncommon in folklore. It's seen often enough that Catherine Briggs in her book, Fairies in Traditional Literature, devotes an entire chapter to this type of Lianansihi. With this type of fairy lover, they may or may not seek to take the human partner out of the mortal world, and may or may not produce offspring with the human partner in stories. The most well-known example of this type of Lianansihi may be from the Fenian cycle in Irish mythology, the story of Nim and Oisin. In this tale, Fionn's son, Oisin, is approached one day by a woman from fairy named Nim, who wants him to go with her into the other world. He chooses to go to Tiananmen with her, and the two live happily for a time. Nim bears Oisin's two children, but this new family isn't enough to keep him content, and eventually he tells her that he wants to visit Ireland, see his family again. She warns him that if he goes, he must not get off his horse for any reason, or touch the earth. When he reaches Ireland, he finds out that everyone he knows has died. His old companions are considered legends among the people now. Before he can return to the other world, he sees some men struggling to move a heavy stone, which he knows he could easily lift. So he leans over in his saddle to help them, only to have the girth come loose and drop him to the ground. And as soon as he touches mortal earth, he ages quickly, only having time to relate his story before dying. Other examples can be found in mythology and folklore of these types of beings as well, often blurring the lines between fairies and divine ancestry or family lines. In most cases, if a child is produced, the family will later trace its descent back to that spirit, such as the Fitzgeralds chasing their ancestry back to the fairy, the Queen Inn, who was a lover of the Earl of Desmond. The MacArthur's are said to be descendants of the fairy queen, Cleandre, and by some accounts, the O'Briens are connected to the fairy queen, Abihil, through her love of one of their male ancestors. Folklore also speaks of fairy lovers who may not necessarily produce children into a human line, but become attached enough to it to follow it or watch over it. Some versions of this story of the clan, a Magliod's fairy flag, says that it was a gift from a fairy lover. It is not infrequent in stories for a fairy lover to give a family line. They are part of a special item or token as a sign of favour. The Fletcher family on the Isle of Man had a cup that had been given to them by the Lehan and she, and they had a custom of drinking from it once a year.
Humans, however, Lian and Sihi, may stay in the mortal world, but are changed by their relationship with their fairy lover, usually becoming more secretive and shunning human love. The secrecy may have a good reason behind it, as Lian and Sihi seem more than other types of fairies to require strict secrecy of those who would keep them, and losing one is, well, consequences for the mortal. In one tale from Scotland, a young woman went mad after losing her Lyanna Sihi, something which happened because she made the mistake of trusting her sister with her secret, only to have her sister repeat the stories to others. In other cases, the human lover might be taken by the fairy lover into the other world. There's a story from Ireland of a young man who had a fairy lover and was taken by her on Beltane. His family hired a fairy doctor who tried for nine days and nine nights to secure the youth's return until on the ninth night he appeared and told his family he had married his fairy lover and wanted to stay with her in the sea. Often when Leanne and Sihi are involved like this, the human partner is simply taken from the mortal world, much as the other stone humans are, although voluntarily seeming to die, but actually going to live among the good people. In the stories where the human partner stays in our world, but sees their Leanne and Sihi regularly, they're often required to keep their secret or lose them, as mentioned in the above Scottish example. As with all things, however, these are various versions, and exceptions can be found. Just like I said, in all stories there are exceptions. It's not always a fairy who is courting the human. We do have folklore exploring the other side of the equation. Several folk songs are predicted on the attempts by mortals to win the heart of a fairy lover, including Scarborough Fair. It's based, actually, on older folk ballads, including the Elfin Knight. The oldest version of the Elfin Knight is the girl that wishes for the Elfin Knight as a lover or husband and he responds with a list of seemingly impossible tasks. So that is the other way around. There's actually quite a few stories. I mean, another famous example of a fairy lover going wrong for the human partner may be found in Keats' poem, The La Belle. Dame, sans merci, the one that we just did. That again, it did not turn out quite good, did it? Not all instances of humans with fairy lovers end badly for the human, though. As some tales do make it clear that the non-human half of the pairing genuinely cares for the human partner. In accounts where a male Lian and Sihi had a human lover, he would try to take care of her. If she had children with him, he would make efforts to care for them as well. Both of the following examples involve Kelpies. In one Irish tale, a Kelpie loves a girl, but is tricked into becoming a beast of burden on her father's farm after she finds out his true nature. After a year of such work, the girl and her family counsel, a fairy doctor, who asked the Kelpie if he would choose to be a mortal man so he could, in turn, ask the girl if she wants to marry him. She says yes, and he chooses to become mortal to the two, and so the two are married. But there's a less cheerful story from Scotland. A Kelpie falls in love with a mortal woman and courts her. They wed. She bears him a son. But one day she realises his true nature and flees. Heartbroken, the Kelpie remains in their small home raising their child, waiting futilely for her to return. Some bit in fiercely 
were also known to have Leanne and Sihi, as in the case of Heblin, about whom it was, said a fairy lover. Leanne and Si was often seen with her, as she was gathering plants. It was believed in such cases that it was through this connection to the other world that these women gained their knowledge of magic and killers. Although Leanne and Sihi was not always involved with a wise woman, some then could maintain a relationship with a fairy lover and also remain at least for a time in our world and would benefit from the knowledge gained from their fairy associations, like having a friend, you know? Those who have a Leanne and Sihi that say they do not want may find that getting rid of them is not an easy proposition. Leanne and Sihi are more difficult to drive off than other types of fairies, perhaps because the human partner initially agreed to the situation, meaning that there is an implicit contract involved between the two. Breaking this is not a simple process, and many examples of people who try to flee Leanne and Sihi show that only extreme measures are effective. Simply trying to run away does nothing, as shown by the anecdote of a man who tried moving to America. Yep, to get away from his fairy lover, who was draining him, only to have her follow him across the sea. There's an Irish example of an exorcism specifically aimed at removing Leanne and Sihi from a woman, showing that in some cases they would be treated the same way as demons driven off, theoretically, with full rights of exorcism by a priest. In a Manx account, we see a man who went with a fairy woman to a stranger dance, and afterwards she would appear next to his bed at night. The only way he could get her to leave was to throw an unbleached piece of linen over her head. In that case, the fairy woman couldn't be entirely driven off, but could be held at bay with a cloth, which seems to have been significant because it was unbleached. As we can see, the threads of myth and folklore provide two distinct, but perhaps intertwined views of the Lian and Sea. The Lian and Sea, as a distinct being, seduces, inspires, gives creativity, but drains away life. The related beings, of course, are similar. They use their beauty, their appeal to gain lovers, whom they destroy in the taking, feeding on either their life force or blood. In contrast, the more general fairy lovers may bless or ruin their human lovers, may steal them from the world, abandon them to it, or be constant companions. One is more overtly malevolent, seductive figure, which is a distinct type of being on its own right. The other a more ambiguous term applied to different beings, which, in its own way, embodies all fairy itself, alluring, sometimes dangerous, sometimes generous. Because, all fairies can be either either. They are just like me and you. They can be very, very pleasing. They can be beautiful. They can be admiring. They can be protectors. But they can also be all the negativity too. They are different, just like we are. Remember, the word fairy and fairies is not about one being. Nor is it even about a little being with wings. It means... All other worldly beings, any other worldly creature in which or being in which we see the seers usually see them. Why that is, no one knows. Could it be bloodlines? Yes, of course, it could be bloodlines, <clears throat> but it could be many other things too. <laughs> the point is, when we look at fairies, as you can see, 
it's important that we stop bringing them into this one thing that it's meant to be. No. To me, spirits are fairies. Anything that's otherworldly is a fairy. Because that's the actual original meaning of fairy. Thank you for listening to this episode. Join me next time when we continue. Many blessings.